Hello, Pope Francis Generation listeners. Welcome to the eighth day of our St. Joseph Novena, walking through Pope Francis's apostolic letter, Patris Corde. In the eighth section of this letter, um, Pope Francis titles it, uh, Father in the Shadows. And the Pope writes, The Polish writer, Jan, Jan Dobroczynski, in his book, The Shadow of the Father, he tells the story of St. Joseph, Joseph's life in the form of a novel. He uses the evocative image of a shadow to define Joseph. In his relationship to Jesus, Joseph was the earthly shadow of the Heavenly Father. He watched over him and protected him, never leaving him to go his own way. We can think of Moses' words to Israel. In the wilderness, you saw how the Lord your God carried you, just as one carries a child, all the way that you traveled. In a similar way, Joseph acted as a father for his whole life. Fathers are not born, but made. A man does not become a father simply by bringing a child into the world, but by taking up the responsibility to care for that child. Whenever a man accepts responsibility for the life of another, in some way he becomes a father to that person. Children today often seem orphans, lacking fathers. The church too needs fathers. St. Paul's words to the Corinthians remain timely. Though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. Every priest or bishop should be able to add with the apostle, I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Paul likewise calls the Galatians, my little children with whom I am again in travail until Christ be formed in you. Being a father entails introducing children to life and reality, not holding them back, being overprotective or possessive, but rather making them capable of deciding for themselves, enjoying freedom, and exploring new possibilities. Perhaps for this reason, Joseph is traditionally called a most chaste father. That title is not simply a sign of affection, but the summation of an attitude that is the opposite of possessiveness. Chastity is freedom from possessiveness in every sphere of one's life. Only when love is chaste is it truly love. A possessive love ultimately becomes dangerous, it imprisons, constricts, and makes for misery. God himself loved humanity with a chaste love. He left us free even to go astray and set ourselves against him. The logic of love is always the logic of freedom, and Joseph knew how to love with extraordinary freedom. He never made himself the center of things. He did not think of himself, but focused instead on the lives of Mary and Jesus. Joseph found happiness not in mere self-sacrifice, but in self-gift. In him we never see frustration, but only trust. His patient silence was the prelude to concrete expressions of trust. Our world today needs fathers. It has no use for tyrants who would domineer others as a means of compensating for their own needs. It rejects those who confuse authority with authoritarianism, service, service with servility, discussion with oppression, charity with a welfare mentality, power with destruction. Every true vocation is born of the gift of oneself, which is the fruit of mature sacrifice. The priesthood and consecrated life likewise require this kind of maturity. Whatever our vocation, whether it to marriage, celibacy, or virginity, our gift of self will not come to fulfillment if it stops at sacrifice. Were that the case, instead of becoming a sign of the beauty and joy of love, the gift of self would risk being an expression of unhappiness, sadness, and frustration. When fathers refused 
to live the lives of their children for them, new and unexpected vistas open up. Every child is the bearer of a unique mystery that can only be brought to light with the help of a father who respects that child's freedom, a father who realizes that he is most a father and educator at the point when he becomes useless, when he sees that his child has become independent and can walk the paths of life unaccompanied, when he becomes like Joseph, who always knew that his child was not his own, but had merely been entrusted to his care. In the end, this is what Jesus would have us understand when he says, Call no man on earth your call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. In every exercise of our fatherhood, we should always keep in mind that it has nothing to do with possession, but is rather a sign pointing to a greater fatherhood. In a way, we are all like Joseph, a shadow of the heavenly father, who makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust, and a shadow that follows his son. The line I wanted to focus on from this section of the letter is where Pope Francis says, Chastity is freedom from possessiveness in every sphere of one's life. Only when love is chaste is it truly love. A possessive love ultimately becomes dangerous. It imprisons, constricts, and makes for misery. God himself loved humanity with a chaste love. He left us free even to go astray and set ourselves against him. The logic of love is always the logic of freedom. This honestly is my favorite passage from this entire letter. And since I read it a couple of years ago, God has been continuing to like unpack what it means for me. More recently, he's been unpacking what it means to be a chaste father. Often when we talk about chastity, we're talking about sexuality. Likewise, in our popular prayers to St. Joseph, we refer to him as often most chaste spouse. But Pope Francis here is referring to Joseph as most chaste father. When our third child was baptized, our, our daughter, um, the priest read from the story of um, a story in 1 Samuel about um, Hannah, when she gave her son Samuel um, over to the temple um, as an offering um, for him to live his life dedicated to the Lord. And the priest said to us, by baptizing your child, you are handing her over to God. And it really hit me in that moment that my children are not my possessions, that they are merely entrusted to my care. I am responsible for my children, but I don't possess them, and they don't belong to me. Chastity is more than the correct use of our sexuality. Chastity is being able to love someone without possessing them, to love them without an agenda even a good agenda. And as Francis makes clear, chastity is for parents as much as it is for spouses. It made me think about last year, a mystery partner and I were doing formation for youth ministers out at a parish in Phoenix, Arizona. And we said to them, if you're ministering to teenagers for any reason other than to help them encounter God and live in the, in the knowledge of his love for you, if you're ministering to someone for any reason other than that, even if that reason is to keep them from behavior that will harm them, you have stopped doing ministry because ministry does not have an agenda, period. I think it's like that for all of us, um, all of us who are Christians. I'm called to love others without an agenda, without trying to control or possess others. 
to respect their freedom, even when doing so means letting them do things that are harmful. So we need to pray for the virtue of chastity. That is, we need to pray for God to make our hearts like his heart so that we can love others precisely the way that he loves them. And we'll end with the closing prayer. Hail, guardian of the Redeemer, spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary. To you, God entrusted his only son. In you, Mary placed her trust. With you, Christ became man. Blessed Joseph, to us too, show yourself a father and guide us in the path of life. Obtain for us grace, mercy, and courage, and defend us from every evil. Amen. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. St. Joseph, protector of the church, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of workers, pray for us.